I showed up to life to chew gum and kick ass and I had no more gum. You know, I mean, I, I was just an asshole and a badass at the same time. And at the flip of a switch, when I was 36, I completely lost my confidence. Like, I'm talking about in a day. There was no gradualness to it. I completely lost my, as Austin Powers would say, mojo. Lost it. Um, I was frightened to death of life and found myself for the first time entertaining the idea of killing myself. And that happened in a day. You have an interesting family history uh, with being in the entertainment industry, right? And then you being... I didn't know that you knew that about me. Yeah, I, I did some digging on you, man. I, yeah. I I don't like I don't like scripts. I like things to free flow. But uh, yeah. I was just curious. You know, I'm always curious about the people that I'm asking uh, to be on the show, and and uh, and that's really what sparked this whole thing in the first place was just curiosity and wanting to talk yeah. to really cool people. And cool. there's nothing more, nothing less than that. Um, tell me about a little bit about that, and then how later in life you got into chiropractic, which I'm a big, big believer and a big fan of personally. Well, unfortunately, I've retired for six years now, but uh, still know how to do it, right? I still know how to do it. Yeah, I, I've got these these few. You know, I, just quickly on that before we forget to mention it, um, I've had a pretty interesting experience as a chiropractor. Um, so try to remember to ask me who I've taken care of. Um, Absolutely. So anyway, um, awesome to be here. You know, I do listen to your podcast. I was actually. Um, one other thing before I forget, I was listening to, I guess it's your most recent episode with Brian uh, Galke. Yeah. Yeah. It was, and, and I loved it. You know, if, if anybody hasn't heard that one, go listen to it. But he said something on there and I want to level it up a second because um, Please. He, he was talking about, I think he cited a, a statistic about the pandemic that said that during the month of August, 4 million people have quit their jobs which is pretty amazing. You know, like you could look at that and say, oh, those poor people, or you could mm-hmm. look at that and say, what an amazing opportunity for people to become entrepreneurs. But, but here's the crazier fact. It's actually 17 and a half million Americans. Now remember, there's like 313 million Americans in, 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 in the country. Um, you know, unbelievable to think of the fact that 17 million Americans quit their job during the pandemic. Quit their job. Yeah. Lose their job. Quit it. Right. Anyway, so awesome to be here. I love I love um, your style of communication too. It's perfect for me. So we're gonna have some fun. Um, Sweet. But you you asked a little bit about my my history. Um, I spend all of my time right now, and I'm writing a book, and I've got this whole system aside from my business. Um, and this is what I talk about on my podcast, Rise Up with Dragon. Just, I'm fascinated with human behavior and I'm fascinated with the elements of being a human that we're in control of being our response rather than the shit that happens. You know, Mm -hmm. that's an important thing for people to recognize is to get to this full radical acceptance of what you can and can't control. I'm a stoic, so I'm into that stuff. So, case in point, a very, very big part of me increasing my ability to interface with life, and I call it the interface response system, is my perception. And the reason why that's important is because 
whatever I see, I think is, and that's going to play a big role in my ability to respond with my knee-jerk reaction or take a chill and actually create a rational response. Here's why I'm sharing that. If my perception plays a big role, you got to ask, where does my perception come from? Right? What, how do you form a perception? That comes from your analytical mind and, you know, your Intel processor here. And who has programmed your Intel processor? Not you. I mean, you played a role in it. If you watch the news, you're choosing to consume that. Right. Um, if you read books, you, you, you wake up and you can control what you consume. But for the most part, as I talk about, it's your mother, father, teacher, preacher, and society. So those are your, as I say, your programmers. So what's interesting about my history, before I even share what you found interesting about it, is my reason for going to look at it. Because I actually didn't know much about where I came from. You know, I didn't, my, my, when I found out who my father's father was, um, it blew me away. Because, but I was raised not knowing it because my dad was never around. Um, but... That's why I went on the journey, and that's, an, that's a whole other story. So what's cool, the, I guess the interesting part about where the dragon comes from, and the dragon is a mythical creature to most people. It actually is something that's never existed. Um, so I, who I have become today, I used to look at as something that would be impossible, a mythical creature. So before all that started, um, I got to know my dad, and I interviewed him, and I was like, who are you, dude? You know, where, where are you from? Because I've got a lot of questions about why I think and do what I do. Like, I, I started to notice that I could walk out on a stage in front of 15,000 people live and take a fucking nap. You know, like, I, I, I would say, why am I not afraid of that? So as it turns out, um, first of all, my mom was a professional tennis player, so that is kind of cool. Um, That's pretty my cool. My dad was an Olympic skier. Wow. Which is kind of cool for France. But what you're referring to is that my father's father was pretty much, and it's a long story, but he was pretty much the creator and innovator, which you can't prove because back then there's no proof. You know, everything was like handwritten and people paid cash for shit. Um, but he pretty much was the, the innovator and creator of what everybody now knows as Cabaret, Moulin Rouge. Wow. Benito. Yeah. So, um, like, my grandfather's, you know, close friends were Pablo Picasso and Charlie Chaplin and, you know, stuff like that. So Wow. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I could tell you stories about my grandmother, his wife, having an affair with Don Rickles. You know, I mean, just unbelievable. Oh, my that's God. All, that's all going to come out in my book. So, what's interesting about that, though, other than just the face value, is I learned a lot about myself. You know, I, mm -hmm. I come from a rags to riches story. Um, I come from a family that doesn't take no for an answer. I come from a family that just doesn't understand what the word quit means. And if given an opportunity to shine, just like Eminem, we shine. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's, that's probably what you were referring to. I mean, there's a lot more to it. Yeah. Well, first of all, what a, what an eclectic, interesting background. Um, <laughs> it's, it's more complicated than that. And, and yeah, yeah. And, and for you to, to not know your father and then you start to learn all these things. I'm curious, how old were you when you interviewed him and discovered this? So another backlog story, but 
this is a story that's probably worth telling because people will will dig it. Um, when I was, uh, so first of all, as far as I knew, because remember, a, a big thing that I teach is whatever we perceive happened to us in life, um, you have to acknowledge where you were at that time in the life. Were you a victim? You know, were, were you, you know, were you in a healthy position while you were perceiving these things? So I went through my whole life um, because my parents got divorced when I was very young. I went through my whole life not liking my dad and, you know, basically just say, blaming anything that ever happened to me on him. And he's a deadbeat dad, you know, and yeah. um, I just had no respect for him and all that stuff. So um, as I was going through life, that's kind of like what, what a crutch that I had. But um, I think I was 36. I'm 50 now. The dragon is 50. Um, when I was 36. You look great for 50, man. Thanks, dude. Yeah. Well, that's, that's because of our, our health program. So when I was 36 years old, um, I went from being, and I know that habits of a few, you know, so you, you'll, see, you'll see where my habits came from. I went from being the most confident, borderline cocky person, top of my class in chiropractic school, all I spoke about was me, the best, and I was just, just, I showed up to life to chew gum and kick ass, and I had no more gum. You know, I mean, I, I was just an asshole and a yeah. badass at the same time. And at the flip of, sw- of a switch, when I was 36, I completely lost my confidence. Like, I'm talking about in a day. There was no gradualness to it. I completely lost my, as Austin Powers would say, mojo, lost it. Um, I was frightened to death of life and found myself for the first time entertaining the idea of killing myself. And that happened in a day. So that led to a whole sequence of me just checking out from being like Superman, confident, cocky asshole to a quivering wimp that couldn't even get out of bed and and speak to his friends and his engaged fiance. So long story short with that, I find myself sitting in front of the person that I never wanted to speak to in my life, and that is a therapist who's trying to help me understand why I want to kill myself, right? So here's here's what, what happened, is she asked me a whole series of questions and she was using, you know, like some super, super cool techniques that I've learned today. Um, and she got me to, she says, well, when did this start? And, you know, we, we started to connect the dots in a one hour session that it was sometime around my birthday. And she says, what's the significance of your birthday? And I said, oh, I hate my birthday. I don't want to talk about it. I don't like getting gifts. I like giving, not getting all that shit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then all of a sudden she starts saying, okay, well, that's interesting. She says, well, what about your parents? And I said, oh, my parents are divorced. I live with my mom. My dad's an asshole, right? And uh, so she says, well, tell me a little bit about the divorce. When did they get divorced? And then in my book, I call it a snap. Just as fast as three months before I had lost my confidence, I gained this level of clarity in that moment where my whole life began where I realized that when I was 11 years old see the habits of the few is a great discussion but what I think is a great 
a, a better discussion is why do they have those habits, right? So I walked into my house on my birthday when I was 11, and we had a whole party set up. I think we were going to go bowling, balloons, the cake, the presents, the whole deal. I think I had like 20 kids coming over. And I know kids now do like virtual parties, but we used to like do them in person. Um, and I walk in, and my mom is standing at the base of the stairs in her underwear crying. And I said, what's wrong, mom? And she says, your father's leaving us. He wants a divorce. Now, at 11, I don't know what a divorce is. I don't know what leaving us means because he was never home anyway. But that day, I shut it. I pushed it under the carpet. And I had to go tell my friends no party and all that stuff. So I, I caught a beating that day mentally. But somehow, I just went back into kid mode. It didn't resurface until I was 36. Wow. Now... What happens when you go into the darkness, and I don't know your story, I don't know if you've ever experienced that level of darkness. We're all afraid of it, and some people know will resonate with it. But when you move from that level of darkness into the light, you're like Cuba Gooding Jr. and Jerry Maguire. You know, you're in the end zone, just like you're, you're never going back, and you're also completely going to go around helping other people never feel like that again. So that's what made me all of a sudden realize that if you go back and uncover something that you didn't know about during a traumatic event, um, you can completely repair it and free yourself from that mental prison. So I started to learn how to like go on a scavenger hunt for things that happened to me. So I was making some money and I made a decision around that time, like, I don't know, about like 40. Um, my dad was living in France, and I just, on my own dime, I went out there, bought a ticket, sat down in front of him with a tape recorder and put it down, and I said, tell me who you are. So I, I made a decision for my own selfish growth to get to know my dad. And, and was he open to that, or was he reluctant in the beginning or anything like that? So what's interesting, because I had painted this picture that he was – probably not open to that and a bad guy and all that stuff. Um, not only was he open to it, but he broke down crying and said, thank you so much. I didn't know how to do this, you know? And what I learned, and this is comes out in my book, what I learned from my dad is that I see, I never knew what his upbringing was. And I never knew that he was doing a 20 times better job with me than his dad did with him. Wow. So in that space, I started to go, hmm, interesting, makes sense. Um, and I started to realize that it's important to check facts when you make a decision on something, when you give value to an idea, because you're not really controlling your brain because everybody else has taught you what you think you're supposed to know. So I started to learn how to stop and chill and pause and my famous word my the talk I do like my TED talk is called huh because if you say that it means that you're going to stop and think about something first and maybe gain a, a rational response before you just like fly off the handle yeah uh, I appreciate you sharing that and 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 I do want to go back just a little bit sure. because I, I I think it's really important to note um, that despite what what people perceive as perfect life right through social media through the exterior 
Um, yeah, I heard what, you talking about how you, you you hate what happened to influencers. Yeah, I mean, hate's a strong word, but what, what you know, it's the it, it it is it is a fallacy, right? It is this perception that we've created, just like your belief system, right? Through mm-hmm. your environment, your circumstance. Um, throughout your life, you've created this this version of a belief system that everything that you see through your eyes has to be filtered through, mm-hmm. and that is your own perception. My thing is is that as people go through these struggles, I, I've you know I've spoken to people you know be it friends and, and family members, and a lot of times that uh, they don't even recognize they're in that place. So the the, right. f- the fact that you were able to identify and recognize that you were in that place and the fact that it happened. Well, insta- I got pushed into it. You know, the, the our biggest goal as human beings, I believe, is to gain control of your in and out of conscious and subconscious because we spend 95% of our day unconscious. Mm-hmm. So we only get a five like percent window. And I believe you and I just talking about it are in that window right now where we're open and we're thinking and we're going interesting. But as soon as this podcast is over, you know, we're going to go back to our reg- regularly scheduled program. So if we can learn how to do certain things, and this is one of the things that I teach people and, and gain consciousness in that window of opportunity of being conscious rather than unconscious you'll notice that you have the ability to go back and look at a lot of those things, you know, but if you've built up a stress response system and a program, then you're going to skip the thought process and you're just going to react the same way you would if a car was coming at you and you jump out of the way. People react that fast to a bill or somebody saying something nasty or a post that makes them fly off the handle. So there's no difference, you know, like we used to run from dinosaurs, you know, I think we used to sit, think about this, we used to sit in caves and talk to each other to try to figure out when it was safe to go out and get food Mm -hmm. and not get killed. So we've been programmed to run at the first sign of fear and there's science, amygdala and hypothalamus, hippocampus, all that stuff. But nowadays, the same stress response system goes into action when your dad shows up at a baseball game and you don't like him. Or so all I needed to do, and I went, I did it the hard way. I'm trying to teach people how to do it the easy way. I all I needed to do was just chill and start asking some strategic questions. And I started to learn that I didn't know what the fuck I was talking about when I was creating these opinions. So anybody can do that, but it begins with them understanding, like, I forgive you. You know, not what you do. You're programmed. What about, what about those people that, um, cause we've all, I think at some point in our life have played the victim role. Oh, what was me? I think at some 95% point, 95% of your day you do. Yeah. Well, absolutely. <laughs> right. And, and for me, it's, it's, uh, it's always been, is identifying that I'm playing the victim or that I'm being the victim. And then that transformed into, you know, negative talk and self-doubt, which then that morphed to being conscious of the fact that that is happening and trying to, and trying to eliminate those thoughts or at least, um, you know, push them out and replace them with something different, which is, you know, 
I don't want to get into like gratitude or, or, or positive affirmations or anything like that, because I think that has, it is such a deep dive because on the surface level, it's, it's not impactful if you're not doing anything. It's, I always put it in the position of, it's like, it's like, uh, you know, you want a million dollars, but yet you do nothing every single day in order to strive to reach that million dollars. Like what have you done? Here's or you, a, here's the great quote. Um, I don't know if you know who near IL is. No. So one of the best books. <clears throat> near IL. Yeah. One of the greatest books you'll ever read is this. Oh, beautiful. I was so, going to write it down. That's even better. Yeah. National bestseller. He was on my podcast. It's called indistractable. Wonderful. So he's, he's amazing. Um, and ironically, my, I, I have a business that expands into Asia, into South, uh, into Singapore, and he just randomly lives there. But he's, he says something, and really, really try to take this, and if somebody's listening to this, you should write it down. He says, learning is nothing but a distraction in the absence of action. So what he's saying is that anybody listening to this podcast right now and digging it, they're in, they're in the eye of the storm right now. They're, they're in the jacuzzi experience right now. You need to know that you might, you most probably are wasting your time right now if you're going to listen and learn without doing anything. Mm -hmm. So learning itself, even learning about action is a waste of time in the absence of action. I love that because I spent a lot of time learning. Oh, I'm with you there. A thousand percent. And it, it, it it's, it, it, it takes a long time, I think, to be able to muster. And the, my biggest personal um, like aha moment was um, understanding that n there, nothing can be perfect. Like when I first started out in, in, in advertising, you know, two, three decades ago, I don't know how long it's been, it's been forever. I always wanted everything to be perfect where until I, I made the decision that I'm just going to run, I'm going to launch these campaigns. I'm just, I'm going to build this funnel. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And, and then tweak it and what have you throughout the process, that's when things just, you know, becoming, you know, revenue bearing and I was able to learn things and you were able to fail and, and see what you did wrong and, and reevaluate and reassess and blah, 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 blah. The, the, the thing that I find interesting with, with you and w with identifying was uh, identifying the fact that you within one day, like it just hit you like a storm. But then three months later down the road, there was something that triggered you that almost like slapped you out of it. Right. And I find that really interesting because, um, you said at 36, that's when it hit you. I'm 36 today, about one and a half years ago, I was in that same exact situation. I, I had built a business that I was literally going to burn to the ground and, and it was feeding my family and it was giving us the lifestyle that we wanted and this, that, and the other. And I, something in me was just very miserable and very unhappy and very unfulfilled. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and so a big part of recognizing the things that find that I find fulfillment in, um, was this podcast was the communication was talking to people that I find very fascinating and, and being able to communicate on a level where there is nothing like there's nothing here. I'm not trying to sell you. You're not trying to sell me. Nobody's trying to 
to, to one up anybody. It is just a conversation that I get to meet some extraordinary human beings. And for some reason that fulfills me and find and gives me happiness and brings me peace. So I was able to discover that. And that led to a lot of lucrative, you know, business ventures and whatnot. That's great. But that wasn't the intent behind it. My question to you is, is that I, it, it took me almost a year and a half, maybe a little under a year and a half to figure out a solution to, to re- not only cause I recognize it immediately, but I was like in this, like this, this netherworld where I just, I couldn't get out of no matter how hard I tried, no matter how much I were, but I was confiding in my loved ones, no matter how much I read and dissected and learned and educated myself and sought out expert advice and blah, 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 blah. It, it took me a long time and it wasn't like a snap. There wasn't something that just triggered me. It was like this, it, it was like a compound, compounding effect over time. So like, what, what would it be a piece of advice to give to someone that maybe is going through that right now? At least they were able to, to do the first stage, which is, hey, I recognize that there's something in me, whether there's something that is blocking me or there's something that I'm finding about myself that is just not making me happy. How do I, how would they be able to, to go through the next step and maybe expedite the process of, you know, staying in that place for too long? Um, you know, I could give you a couple answers. One that you would like, one that would be like mediocre or, or the truth. The truth, always. <laughs> um, you know, look at the difference between my story and yours and you'll see it. You know, if they're human beings will only take time to do things when they perceive they have time to take. Okay, so let me give you an example. If I pushed your head underwater, Mm -hmm. what's your goal? To get out and try to take a breath. Right. How bad is that? Like, How about like three minutes in, like you're almost dead and you're like not figuring it out. There's nothing in the world you want more than air. Right. You're not going to procrastinate and think about it. Just like you said, when you started your business, you learned along the way, right? Um, if you look at what happened to me, it was such an abrupt you know, switch in the beginning to this place where I was dying, right? So like, I don't know if I, I, if I explained it enough, but I was in a position where I didn't know if I was going to make it through the day. Like I would, you couldn't leave me alone at that time. Right. So when you're in that much pain, you're way, way more open and perceptive to the snap. So you'll have your snap moment, but it probably won't come until you're ready. And in my case, I was like ready, man. You know, like I, I didn't want to, it was like, I was like hemorrhaging, you know, um, my world was crumbling apart. I, I, I had trouble breathing, you know? So, um, it's an interesting thing about human behavior because I mean, I run, I run an international coaching company. That's where we make our money and, uh, we're very, very successful at it. And I very often meet these people that want me to mentor them to, health or business and things like that. And my first objective is to see if, if it's a fit and also if they're ready, right? If they're, if somebody's looking and they're ready, we have a fit to start. Um, the next phase of it is, and this is, I don't tell them this as I wait until they fail 
and see how they respond, right? But my point is, is if somebody's not ready, open and ready to change, and they just want to try something out, um, they probably have a perception that they have time to spare. You know, I, I always like to give people the visual when I talk. I'll put up a picture, and you can probably find this picture on Google, of like 300 human beings in a field in line, and they're all in this line, and they're watching as the person in the front of the line obviously is being rocketed up into heaven, meaning their time has expired, right? So it's, it's a pretty powerful image because um, the image says, where are you in this line? I'm not telling, you know? So when you realize that you're going to die, <laughs> right, in that moment, and, and you, you realize how precious the moment is, you start being a better husband, you start being a better friend, you start being a better son and father, and also you stop contemplating things and you take radical risks, you know. So that's what that's my advice that I would give to somebody is, is um, what is it that you want? You know, how bad do you want it? And uh, it, when, when you have something as, as important to you as air, you're not going to waste any time. So somebody like you that you, you, you perceive that you took a year to do something, it's not a bad thing to not be ready, but that's all it is. It's just... Well, let me clarify. It wasn't that it took me a year to do something. It was that I... Because, you know, the, the amount of despair may have not been life or death, but it was pretty right. severe. And and it was more of like, what what do I want to do for the next 20, 30 years of my life? It so was more... Yeah, it was more of an identity thing. Absolutely. Versus... Mm -hmm. Versus like, I'm just depressed. I, I wouldn't right. say it was depression. I would say it was a crisis of identity and, 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 and really, really feeling like I was just this fraud. Right. You know, um, I was like, me, what, I, what, I, yeah, I what, what yeah, like, what do I do now? Like I've, I've built, I've built this thing that is all bullshit. It's all bullshit. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly what it was. It was just like, right. that was my thought process. So, so part of, you know, because sometimes I'll introduce myself and I say, hey, I'm this, I'm JC, I'm a recovering bullshit artist, I've been clean for 14 years. You know? <laughs> so um, incongruency is, is, is a big thing. Yeah. So the moment that you feel incongruent, that's a bad feeling. Not as bad as dying, but it's a bad feeling. But you got to remember, if you're a bullshit artist, you know how to cover things up. And, yep. and and get by. So you probably had a little bit of that going on. I'm sure and I had a lot of also, it. Also, when you identify that you're incongruent, the next phase of it is harder, is letting other people know that you know. You know, and what's interesting is once I started admitting who I was to friends and family, they all went, Oh, thank fucking God you know now because we were so afraid of telling you because you were such an asshole we didn't want to deal with you so i think the time lapse is about this idea of like being it's i would assume it's not too much different than if you like all of a sudden wake up and realize that you like members of the same sex and you got to tell your family yeah you know? so you know it's it's not easy and a big part of the interface response system is understanding why it's not easy. You know, you've been programmed to make it look like everything's cool. Do you have kids? Yeah, three. Yeah, right. So, you know, like, what, are, what is a guy supposed to do is say, kids, gather around. 
dad's full of shit and that's, I'm ready to tell you. No, you, you're going to try to like make it look like nothing happened and fix it. So that's why you took some time. Um, but if during that time I pushed your head underwater and I said, fix it now or else, you'd right. fix it in a second. Absolutely. Yeah, because the circumstances are different. Yeah. I, I freaking love that. I, I know I've got you for about 15 more minutes. I want to I want you to kind of uh, – this is an opportunity for you, not just a promotional thing. I just really think that, that you know, my audience being – my audience and I know them, uh, this would be very beneficial for them. Would you mind just giving us like a five minute pitch on what is your coaching company? Sure. Um, so God, this is a, this is such an interesting topic. I'm going to try not to like not use my five minutes wisely. Um, it, here's my, here's my perception of the, of the world. Cause what I really want to do for anybody that I meet in hero mode is I and if I'm being completely transparent, I want you to have as good of a life experience as me. I want everybody to be as happy and healthy and wealthy as me, right? I ever, I want everybody to be able to like create a name like Dragon and walk around and like be okay with that, you know. But the problem is is getting somebody from point A to point B. So. This started, because this is a billion-dollar company now, an international billion-dollar company with... Wow, good for you. Congratulations. 56,000 coaches now. And in the beginning of that process, in me looking at the end result that I wanted was getting people healthy, I started off somewhat of a phony life coach. So I was trying to help people with their mindset and their their finances and stuff, which is really funny because... They were completely fucked up in my life. But, you know, I was trying to fix my life through others, you know, like most of most of all of you bullshitters out there. Yeah. Yep. Um, so in any case, I was successful at building a business behind it, but I wasn't successful in getting results. Right. Yeah. So I was I was always fascinated by what is what two men enter one man leads why right i was always fascinated with that so i became like a student of behavior so what i identified is that it's on a healthy body that a healthy mind rests so because i was trying to look at the personal growth self-development world and take the people that go to like tony robbins events that get high and and eat cheeseburgers and smoke cigarettes at the same time I was, I was taking them and I was taking their money and making them see, feel all hopped up and successful. Um, but I realized that there was an incongruency in their lifestyle and their habits and stuff like that. So I got this idea in my head of giving people a starting point that legitimately moved them forward into a place where they would actually be able to execute and succeed. Now, keep in mind all of this work that I do with mother, father, teacher, preacher, and, and our program minds and all that stuff. Like I needed to get people to be able to reprogram their minds as well. So I was looking at the weight loss industry. Now keep it. I, I had a successful practice, but I was working 90 hours a week and I was miserable, mm-hmm. miserable. I was a rich, miserable person, no life, getting divorced, never saw my kids. So I was looking for something else as well. So I, I looked at the, uh, the, the obvious portal of entry for me to gain access to, and everybody listening can understand, was a physical health change, right? 
people go to gyms, they, they buy bottled water, they go on diets. Do you know the diet industry is like an $80 billion a year business with a 90% fail rate? Yeah, it's mostly bullshit. But that's a big conversation for another time. <laughs> you can call it bullshit or not, but that's a business model. So I was interested it is, in totally. That. So I wanted to create a portal of entry with like some sort of a weight loss physical shift that worked that in late in it had a re- a mind reprogramming and a coaching protocol that would actually make people health conscious one day. And I so, just want to stop you right there. So I, I'm in a relative space. And I can tell you right now yeah. that 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 is the missing piece right there is the well, fact. I, so I figured it out and that's yeah. how I became successful. Yep. So anyway, you know, I opened up to this and I was going to go try to do it on my own. That would have been a big mistake. <laughs> Somebody walks into my life. I believe I attracted them. And there was a startup company and it's in the uh, direct sales space. So it has the ability to leverage it on a big level which was uncomfortable for me, but I didn't care. I wanted to do something big. Um, so yeah, I mean, like years later, I have hundreds and hundreds of thousands of clients on program and I've trained an army of coaches to duplicate the system. Um, and what I'm doing in essence is starting with the physical and then reprogramming the mind that's now on a physical healthy body and getting long-term results. But, and what I didn't know at the time is that it was very lucrative so I needed to walk away from my, my hustle and I wanted to work from home. You know, we travel the world now. You see all that. Um, you know, I found the girl of my dreams. We're adopting another little girl. So, you Congratulations. know, I think that the, the only message, so if, if anybody um, resonates with being stuck and wanting to move forward, I can take anybody and unstuck them and in their own reality and move them forward mm-hmm. like to this version of themselves they can't see. But but I guess the message that I would say to the entrepreneur mm-hmm. um, is that the reason why you're probably stuck is because, you know, we always say I'm in my own way. And the reason why people are in their own way is because they're the opposite of what, um, what's her name? One of the best books I wrote, read called uh, um, Emotional Agility. That's a great book. People that are in their own way are rigid in their ways, meaning they won't even look at something. Like I could speak to somebody about my program and they'll go, oh, I don't want to do that shit, right? So whether it's business or a physical shift, um, if you're rigid, meaning you're fully bought into what you've been programmed to believe is good or bad, you're fucked because the only way a human being can begin to actually move forward is to be agile and open and curious because human beings need to recognize that if you're not moving forward, it's because you're doing something wrong and you need to do something radically different. So when I meet somebody and they're open and they say, listen, I heard you on, on you know, the Habits of the Few podcast and it resonated with me. I'm yours. Take me. Take me. Um, that person's going to go to the promised land. But right. the person that goes, eh, it's not a good time. You know, Mo, you, you could say to somebody, hey, listen, I've got this great opportunity to help you get physically, mentally and financially whole. And they go, eh, thanks, but it's not a good time. You know, so 
that's the biggest part of the equation because there's other vehicles that can move people forward. But we have to be, we have to be open. Um, when I received mentorship for the first time, that was a tough thing for me to do because I was a know-it-all. So when I, when I allowed somebody to take me and, and, and tell me what to do, in essence, and follow their lead because I believed in them, I started to move very fast through life. So our company is all over the world, Singapore, Hong Kong, um, all over the U.S., and uh, very, very successful. Congratulations. That's, that sounds phenomenal. And, and there's so many facets that you described that is so lacking in most nutritional and, and health and, and even it's all, like, it's all neck up work. It's yeah, it is. Work. It really is. You know, I, I always, I always get asked like, well, how are you able to do the X, Y, and Z? I'm like, you know, the only thing that separates us from like whatever, the thing that separates great, like producers and performers from, yeah. you know, adequate is, yeah, it's like you said, it's from the neck up. I mean, it's, it's your brain. It's the thing between here's the, your ears. Here's the funny thought. So you're, you're going to, this is the way my brain works. So we're on the habits of the few and look at what we're talking about. What are they talking about on the podcast called the habits of the many? It's true. Being fucking unhealthy yep. Yep. <laughs> and, and doing stupid shit and living with your foot in your mouth and not being open to this discussion. Yeah, you know? no, absolutely. And, and, and I just, but they have a bigger crowd. They do. Yeah. Yep. I mean, that's, that's the thing. And for me, this wasn't, this wasn't a um, grandiose like idea. It was just, these are things that I am passionate about. There's, there's habits and disciplines that I adopted. I'm a big believer in neuroscience and uh, psychology and psychiatry and everything that has to we do with it, the brain. You and I probably need to have further conversations because, you know, I could I could lead you down some cool rabbit holes. I love it. I love going down rabbit holes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, especially like um, uh, like how much hormones play into everything as well. That's really interesting. Um, yeah, but uh, anyways. well, how about how about how about why we even have hormones? That is very true. <laughs> that is very very true. Um, actually, I think I think Doctor Andrew Huberman just did did a, a podcast about something it, he, he touched on it briefly but gosh i mean if you're ever interested in this guy's a neuroscientist at stanford uh my and uh neurobiology you'd find him really interesting i don't know if you ever heard of him but i um, never heard of him that yet yeah really really cool dude um cool well we've got we've got a few more minutes i just wanted to shoot the shit a little bit with you i wanted to ask you um real quickly here uh if if there were I guess I'm, I'm speaking on the behalf of an older brother, right? An older, you know, brother in the sense of, you know, family, but also the older brother of people that watch my podcast and have reached out to me. And, and it, it's a, it's a recurring question is how am I able to get from where I am right now to where I want to be? And it's such a generalized question. It's such an, it, it has too many how variables. How to get started or the whole process? How to get, how to just move the needle? Because I think a lot of times, you know, the general such consensus. An e such an easy, easy answer to that. Please. You know, it, it leads back to, so it, if somebody is saying they're stuck, yeah. right, that's in their mind. And so the first thing they have to recognize is, is that 
I forgive you for thinking that, but you don't know what you're talking about. Your mind has been programmed by others to make you think that you're stuck. So the real question is, is how do I move this forward, right? So my question to any of those people is I say, what do you have more control over, this or your body? What would you say? You think you have more control over your brain than your body? I, I do because here's well, why. maybe you. But the answer is your body, meaning like you could be, somebody could be schizophrenic and still eat. You know what I mean? Right. I get that. So, so I, what I'm saying is, is that the, the, the first scratch that brings you forward is health. It's a physical shift. If, if somebody eats right for a day or even just like drinks more water or just does anything better to honor their bodies today than yesterday, they will get results that day. And that, those results will have an impact on their ability to think. So most people are trying to fix this before this. Now, you don't have to be overweight to have a problem down here. Right. You know, so that's, that's what I notice after I've done a lot of research on this. All you have to do to get moving right now is stop trying to do what you've been unsuccessfully trying to do. Like your older brother, whatever he spent the last month trying to do, stop that. And just do something simple that you can definitely crush. Like exercise, like eat healthy, you know, be mindful, read, read some positive information, work on, it's who you are that determines how well what you do works. Those people are in the do mode. They need to get into the who mode, work on themselves, not just reading books and stuff, but physical, mental, you know, work. And then they will become somebody that can better execute at what they failed at this past month. So that's that's my that's my suggestion. So so if you look at my business, I I get people to stop the madness that they they haven't successfully done yet at succeeding at life and I say let's stay let's go real simple and work on some micro habits that we can build upon and then handle some of those macros one day. And then the problem is, is whether or not they're willing to do it. Because the person that, maybe like your brother, the person that is unsuccessfully going forward, very often they think that they know what they're doing, mm -hmm. right? They Maybe they think, I just got to work harder or something like that. Um, but also, they may be not patient to do it the right way. You know, when when somebody decides, makes a quality decision to go after something no matter what, they don't care about how long it'll take. But if, if somebody's trying to get a quick fix and fix a problem quickly, and I tell them, hey, over the next two to five years, we're going to get physically and mentally well, they're going to be like, hey, that's, not my, that's not right for me. So just keep it simple. Walk, you know. If you can't do push-ups, do a wall push-up. If you can't drink a gallon of water a day, drink a thimble more than you did yesterday. Start improving yourself and then you'll notice your brain follows and then you can execute better. I, I appreciate that. I love that. I just, 
it just increasing the amount of resistance just incrementally day by day Yeah. versus having to just go all out. Like I'm going to lose 30 pounds in the next week and then you starve yourself. And then what ends up happening is that you rebound and you gain more weight than you had Who before. Knows? Who you knows? Never know. Everybody, yeah. everybody's different. Um, yeah. But the question is, is what can you guarantee you could do to improve your life today? Yeah. I love it. Awesome, man. This has been fantastic. Thank you so much for, for doing this and taking the time to do it and, and, and being Pleasure. here and, um, this has been uh, a very intellectual, eye-opening, and um, I guess you could say like a very personal development-infused type of talk, which I think we've been we've been lacking here the last few episodes. And I'm so just thankful to be able to have you on, be able to go through that and, and really deep dive. And I I can honestly get lost in a conversation with you probably two to three hours, man. Yeah, it's talk- exhausting talking to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, man. I, I listen. I, I, you know, and other circumstance. If I was outside, I would have a cigar in my hand. I would talk to you for three, four hours. Nice. Yeah, me nope. too. I love, I love speaking about this stuff. Hey, um, I just for anybody that is into this kind of stuff that we're talking about, because it goes much deeper. Um, speaking of the habits of the few, I have a very, very structured morning routine that maybe we'll talk about some other time. If you look up my podcast. Um, I call it, you know, the rise up great day morning or model morning. Um, but if you go to my website, um, riseupwithdragon.com, sign up for my newsletter. It's a free newsletter. It's called the dragon's lair one from the vault. And every Monday I write every day and I I'm publishing books on all the, all of this stuff in my interface response system. But if you sign up for my newsletter, it's just a great tool to use because at least twice a week, you'll get a deep dive and an upload of stuff that'll kind of help you remove the blindfolds from yourself and, and see a little bit clearer. So you can just go to under the blog area in Rise Up With Dragon and, and do that. And I got a lot of fun stuff coming up that if I said anything, I'd have to kill everybody listening. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate it. I'll make sure to link that in the description so that everybody can have the cool. opportunity to do that. Thank you, man. I appreciate you. I appreciate you giving your time and your expertise. Awesome, man. Thank Thanks. You, it's been a pleasure being here. Thanks yeah, so yeah. much. Stay in touch. I'd love to have you back on someday. Anytime. Thanks, bud. Go to habitsofthefew.com. 